0: our Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Mariners, brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Today is Monday, February twenty first, twenty twenty two. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. I am your host, Titan Gonzalez. Joined as always by my co-host, Colby Patnode. Follow us on Twitter at lo underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. It's D A N E. G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. Be sure to also check out our Patreon where we talk about the Mariners even more and also get into some non-baseball talk twice a week. Visit patreon.com forward slash control zone for more information on that if you are interested and want more of us. And it is Mailbag Monday. On today's episode of Locked On M's, we're going to be reading and answering as many of your questions as we possibly can over the next 30 or so minutes. And if this is your first time joining us, welcome to the show. If you like what you hear, give us a follow or subscribe wherever you listen to this. We greatly appreciate it. Let's head on over to our email, LockedOnMariners at gmail.com. We got four questions over there. Let's start with Hayden, who asks us about Juan Soto. With news that Juan Soto turned down a huge deal with the Nationals, do you think the Nationals would like to get something for him? Would you trade Julio Rodriguez and Emerson Hancock for Juan Soto? Thanks for the show. Uh, to answer your question, yeah, I absolutely would. The Nationals would never take that, though. Here's the thing with Soto. Still got three years left on his deal. The Nationals don't have to trade trade him right now to take advantage of his of his market or take advantage of his value. Um, While they can, there's no real threat of him leaving just yet just because he uh, declined the um, the the extension offer that they gave him. That doesn't mean that his future in Washington is going to be over in three years. Uh, That that isn't a guarantee of that. He's just uh, waiting out the market because he believes in his talents as he should. He's an incredible uh, baseball player already who has already won a championship. He is one of the most talented players in today's game. And he's only 23 years old um, that uh, he's, he's going to be in line for a massive payday whenever he hits the open market and even waiting a couple years or, or even just another year for another extension offer from Washington could pay huge dividends for him. So uh, the nationals aren't going to trade him uh, at least not right now, maybe when it gets to a year left on his contract they, and it just doesn't seem like he's going to resign there. Sure. Um, but yeah, right now there there's no urgency for that on Washington's side of things, and Julio Rodriguez and Emerson Hancock are just not going to get it done. There's really nothing that you or any other team probably could offer the Nationals that they would take for Juan Soto. Right? Now.
1: No, it just it doesn't it doesn't make sense for
0: Washington to uh, to trade Juan Soto
1: because he still has three years of club control left and there's a decent shot that you can be good inside those three years. And if you're going to be good in three years, you probably want Juan Soto. Um, and just because right. Soto rejected this, this extension doesn't mean he won't, uh, doesn't mean that he's not open to an extension. Um, maybe this is the best the nationals are willing to offer right now. And Soto says, well, when I go out and I win the triple crown this year, we'll see if you're re- willing to go 13400 right? Maybe he's, he should be holding mm-hmm. out for a Mike Trout. Uh, contract they um, were being mm-hmm. you know perfectly fair um, because he's worth that and then some so yeah I don't I don't think that him rejecting that that extension means anything um, you know we know you know Jared Kelnick rejected an extension offer from the Mariners Does that mean that Kelnick will never resign with the Mariners no it doesn't so mm-hmm. Um, you know, these type of things happen all the time behind the scenes. It's, it's a big amount of money, but Soto's actually risking very little. Um, because that type of extension, no matter how bad he is in 2022, uh, will still be on the table. Like if, if the if he wants to sign that deal next off season, the nationals aren't going to say no. So, uh, he's, he's not risking Mm -hmm. much, but, uh, he might potentially, you know, gain so much by, uh, By just sticking it out and kind Mm -hmm. of going year to year. And maybe he doesn't want a long-term deal. Maybe he wants to be a national, but maybe he wants like a, you know, a three-year extension um, instead of 13. With an
0: opt-out or something, yeah.
1: Yeah, so uh, maybe the money was really close, but they they wouldn't give the opt-out until like after year eight, and he wanted it after like year five or something like that. So, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, of course, if Soto was actually available, the Mariners should in pretty much every team in baseball should go all in in their efforts to, uh, to acquire them. I and that would mean everybody in your farm system is available. Um, everybody on your major league roster is available, but that's just not the case uh, with Juan Soto right now.
0: All right. So Jay Qua wants to know if the lockout continues and we have a shortened season, like the COVID season, how could that change the Mariners free agency and trade strategies? I don't think it really does whatsoever. Um, I do yeah, I, I think the Mariners are going to be aggressive no matter what. I don't think that really makes them more aggressive or less aggressive. It doesn't really matter. The the, the Mariners are on a particular timeline right now with where they need to be, and they need to get to where they want to go, whether there's going to be 60 games, 100 games, 120 games, 162 games, whatever, in 2022. Uh, so the amount of games, the... the uh, The way that that the season is structured should have really no impact on on that whatsoever in my mind.
1: Yeah, the only way, because, again, the Mariners aren't just trying to put the finishing touches on a championship team. They're still trying to build it, and so they would still be interested in Chris Bryant on a five-year deal and Trevor Story in a Mm five-year deal. You know, Maybe it might change some things for players. Players might be more willing to take one-year deals. Uh, that's that's a possibility mm-hmm. um, or players you know may want longer contracts as a result like we don't know the the bigger impact would be on the players the only the only time I could mm-hmm. I could see maybe Seattle thinking they could take advantage of that is with the starting pitcher because if right if you only have to cover 10 10 starts with your number five starter versus 30 starts right mm-hmm. the the pressure to get that number five is is a lot less however if you're the Mariners, you're still want to do damage if you can make the playoffs. And so you want to add that mid rotation mm. arm either way. Like I yeah. think in a perfect world, you want Marco or Chris Flexen to be your number five, uh, to start the year. Right. And, uh, you know, that's even better. Like, obviously it's better if, if Sonny gray gives you 30 starts and, and Sonny gray giving you 10 starts wouldn't be as good, but yeah. if it's 10 starts and then, you know, two playoff starts, you'd rather do that than, then you know, give Chris Flexen two playoff starts. If you even get to two,
0: you know yeah. what I mean. So, and also someone with, and also someone like Sonny Gray, you're going to have him under club control for 2023 as well. Yeah, so. we
1: haven't we haven't really heard the Mariners linked to any kind of like rental pitching. I guess Bassett, mm-hmm. they kind of and Mania, but they really, we've mm-hmm. we've really connected them to those two guys more than you know. The Mariners have given us reason. To, uh, yeah, it, to it was them. more
0: so the comment from Jerry DePoto saying, Hey, we, we like we all like all those guys, yeah, yeah, yeah. But based, so, based on what we've heard, he, the guys he, that they're he didn't they're call them out by name,
1: yeah, the guys that they're targeting mm-hmm. though are under club control for more than one year as of right now, yeah. So I don't think
0: it really changes much at all, all right. So, uh, Connor says, uh, Happy Monday, gentlemen. Assume the Mariners don't land any of the top free agents, so Brian, Story, Conforto, or Suzuki, and instead make a number of smaller moves like trading for Joey Gallo, Kevin Kiermaier, Sonny Gray, Mike Moustakas, and signing Jonathan VR. does that team have a shot at making the playoffs? I ask because I am worried this is what will happen. So, a Mariners roster that adds, instead of Brian, Story, Conforto, or Suzuki, uh, and instead goes after Joey Gallo, Kevin Kiermaier, Sonny Gray, Mike Moustakas, and Jonathan VR Colby, does that team have a good shot at making the postseason?
1: Uh, it has a shot. Um, in a seven-team playoff, it would probably be one of the favorites uh, to, to be one mm-hmm. of those seven teams in a five-man playoff. Mm-hmm. They would need work at the deadline. Um, it's still a pretty good rotation. Yeah. Um but the infield really lacks punch and really, I mean, Kiermaier is great. But if you have Gallo and Kiermaier, what are you doing with Kelnick? What are you doing with, with Julio? What are you doing with Lewis? Like, how are you managing Hanager's health? Um, like, you kind of want, I mean, obviously in an ideal world, you would get Gallo's power and Kiermaier's like defense. But, like, that's. That's Mike Trout. Like, like, there's a reason you can't get that guy. So, um, I think that's a, f- I think that's probably like an 84 win roster, give or take. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Before they do anything, I think at the it's deadline. the seventh best team in the American League.
1: I think it's that type of roster, and that's not a big margin for error. Yeah. So, um, yeah. it's they can have a still have a good offseason and not get one, you know, one of those big names. Um, yeah. But I kind of don't think that they can. It's the mustakis thing, really, yeah. honestly. That is like that's your answer mm-hmm. at third base. Yeah. Aim higher. It,
0: it's not better it, it's it's not a better roster than than Chicago. It's not a better roster than Houston. It's not a better roster than New York. It's not a better roster than Boston, even though you know, some of the losses that they've had. Um it's not a better roster than Toronto. It's not a better roster than Tampa. You could argue so yeah, it's not I a better it's...
1: roster than Oakland, as Oakland's roster stands right now. Mm-hmm. So right,
0: Minnesota even.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I mean like
0: so I mean I don't know. I mean like like the rotation is the rotation is good. Rota- that's a good rotation. Mm-hmm. You like what you have in the bullpen? It's just offensively it's it's light. It's tough, you know. It, it needs it, a lot more it, punch. It, yeah,
1: cuz because what you don't have in that lineup though is you don't have a lot of guys. You don't have like the Kansas City Royals where you can just kind of Wreak havoc with your running game, and and you know you're you're basically right. relying on Gallo and Hanneker for power, and nobody else is, you know, nobody don't else like. you feel comfortable. Yeah, but do you feel comfortable that Kellnick's going to hit enough
0: for that power to matter? I don't, mm, not yet. I mean, so. personally speaking, but yes, but you can't. I, I get why there's some. Hesitancy you can't there.
1: On that. Like they're already, in my opinion, they're already counting on Kellnick too much. For 2022, um, so to do that even more, I feel like you're doing that even more if you don't go get a Conforto or a Suzuki. Um, but you know, sure. it does it doesn't have to be. What well, if instead of is you get Jeff McNeil? You know, uh, that that kind of changes the conversation. So, uh, to answer the spirit of the question, yes, the Mariners can still be a good playoff contender uh, without getting any of the big names that are left. Um, that particular circumstance that was described, I'd say that probably puts them a very fringe, uh, playoff contender, uh, that needs some serious upgrades at the deadline.
0: So which former Mariner who never made an all-star team with the M's would we add to the 2022 roster? If we had the chance, we're going to answer that and more. In just a moment, but real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by Built Bar. This is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all of my New Year's resolutions, that is. But not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right, thanks to Built Bar. And it almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Now, all built bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. They're low calorie, high in protein. So replace your candy bars with these. They are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. So go to built.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away. High protein, low cal, high fiber, low carb. Most built bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. And there's so many amazing flavors they have to offer. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. Mmm, just sounds so good. Now, go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order at Built.com. This episode of Locked On Mariners is also brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why are often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning, like is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. So why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? For example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store, whereas with Rock Auto, it's only $216. Plus, Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and their prices are reliably low for every customer. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in there. how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. You're listening to Locked On Mariners. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do here every day. And just a reminder to check out Locked On MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. And it's free and available wherever you get your podcasts, just like us. So let's continue answering these questions with our last one that we have in our email. This comes from AJ. AJ says, Colby and Ty, you can add one non-All-Star Mariners player season to this team with the caveat that they couldn't have ever made an All-Star team as a Mariner. So you can't pick 2010 Felix, for example. So who would you pick? AJ says he is picking 2012 John Jaso. So for me, I, I think the answer is is pretty clear. I mean, I didn't have a ton of time to, to think about this after reading the question. But uh, for me, it's 2017 Mike Zanino. Uh, You had a guy that went 251, 331, 509, 126 WRC plus with some of the best catcher defense in the league. He was worth four and a half wins that year. Yeah, he struck out a ton, but I mean, except for his 2021 season in Tampa Bay, this was the best we've ever seen. Zanino, honestly, you can make the argument that he was even better than he was in 2021, which is a year that he actually did make the all-star team. So, yeah, and, th- and that's exactly what 2022, what the 2022 Mariners could use as a really, you know, high upside, highly productive offensive catcher with good catcher defense as well. I mean, they, they lack kind of in both areas of the catcher position right now. So, yeah, that, w- that would be a huge upgrade, adding someone with that profile to this team. Um, you know, and obviously yeah. there's probably, you know, some uh, some some other options there but uh yeah zanino is kind of the clear one for me colby
1: uh first of all dumb question because now i can't pick 2016 kyle seager because he made the all-star team in 2014 makes sense sure why not um so in spirit of your question i am also going to cheat um much like the the asker of this question And I'm going to say Cliff Lee in 2010, who did make an all-star team, but was not on the Mariners when he was at the Midsummer Classic. So 2010, Cliff Lee would be my answer. Nice try. Can't put me in a box. (laughs) Booyah. Creative
0: solution right there. As always. Proud of you, buddy. All right. Let's, uh, Let's move on to Twitter. Aiden wants to know, when should we expect top prospects like Julio Rodriguez and George Kirby to be called up this year? Um, so this is a question that we've a- answered eh, a couple times this offseason. I've been asked this question on Twitter and whatnot. You know, I- I'm sure it's going through a lot of, a lot of folks minds. So to just reiterate, if, if you've already heard us answer this question before, apologies, but just to reiterate, um, I would expect Julio Rodriguez to, to be called up sometime in May or, or June. You know, he, I, I, I highly doubt he will make the, uh, the club out of spring training, especially, Considering where things are heading right now, obviously he can't uh, join the minor league camp right now because he's on the 40 man roster. He's a part of the MLBPA, So he is technically locked out right now. Um, So that that's going to, you know, that's going to hinder him a little bit and get him ready for the season. um, Whenever that, that starts and whenever he's able to go down to camp, uh, organize camp and, and start working on things and get ready for, for the year to come. Um, you know, I, I I would say that it's uh it's almost a certainty. I, I would pretty much put it at a hundred percent that he is going to start the year in AAA Tacoma whenever he is able to uh, to get back to organized ball. And at that point, I I, I would say it's probably going to take uh, a month plus, and and there's probably some things that he's got to work through. And and remember, look, everyone thought that uh, Jerry Kelnick w- was going to be ready as soon as he got called up. He wasn't. I would expect it to be maybe around the same time, you know, time frame that we saw Kelnick get called up, which was about what five, five weeks after the MLB season started, six weeks after the MLB season started, around then. Uh, but I could also see it being June. As for uh, as for Kirby, I'd probably say June, maybe July, that we see him. It just uh, it it really depends on on the progress that he makes and and. The, uh, really the, the situation with the rotation as well. What, you know, where is the rotation at that point Are guys hurt, uh, is it performing well or, or, you know, are they completely healthy and guys are performing well and there's just not enough opportunities. I think eventually he'll get an opportunity no matter what the circumstances, but, uh, I don't think that they're gonna, going to go into rush it unless, you know, they, they feel that there's an opening there and make it happen. So. I'd say uh Julio May Juneish, and then Kirby somewhere in the summertime I think Julio's probably
1: mid May would be my guess, and he has to perform um i I think people forget that Julio really doesn't have that much time um facing upper level competition. he was very good last year, but again, just a handful of games above double a or at double a or higher um and you know he's missed you know some time over the last few years with some wrist injuries. He got hit in the wrist a few times, um, so he's missed a little bit of time there. So Julio is still fairly new to to professional baseball, if that makes sense. At least in terms of games yeah. played,
0: and he moved a lot last year as well, right? Like right. he didn't have a consistent season because he went to the Olympics.
1: I I just think I think people are like assuming that he's he's ready to go right now, and, and maybe he is. He is certainly talented, but. That's a huge assumption. So I, I would think that the Mariners want to be sure about this, and I don't see any time before mid-May um, really making much sense. I, I think it's going to be closer to June one, uh, but we'll see. You know, hopefully we get a spring training. Um, hopefully, you know, we get Julio down to AAA in time for the start of the season. And who knows? But uh, Julio, I would say mid-May to very early June, and probably the same for Kirby. And with Kirby, it's more about managing his workload. So that he has bullets left at the end of the year, um, mm-hmm. because again, you know, Kirby basically didn't get a 2020 season, and last year he did get shut down for a little tiny bit. Um, so they're not going to ask mm-hmm. him to go out and throw 170 innings this year. They're probably yep. going to put him at about. 100.
0: And again, it, and it also has to make sense within the the circumstances of, of the roster at the time as well, and the circumstances of the rotation. Right. You know, it it just can't be. You know, they they they're not going to just shoehorn him in. Um, even if they feel that he's ready, right? Like it has to make sense because they are competing for, you know, a postseason birth and more, that's the intention of the season. So they got to do what they feel is, um, best for them moving forward. And so, um, yeah, you know, whenever they, they feel that George Kirby can legitimately help them, that's when you're going to see him. So that could be June, that could be July, that could be even later, who knows? But, um, yeah, it, yeah, it really depends on, on the circumstance of the season. And, and like Colby said, it depends on, you know, his, his workload and, and managing that. So, um, all right, let's move on to uh, Bo, who, uh, who says, I'm curious if either of you could create a mock trade. The other would give a grade of 60 or above. So, I guess we're going to have to do this on the spot. Colby, have you thought of anything since you saw this question a little while ago?
1: Um, Devin Sweet for Kevin Kiermaier.
0: Hmm. Makes some sense. I, I feel like Sweet would, would appeal to the Rays. I think that's kind of the level of prospect that... Um, make some sense in that deal because you're taking on money for Kiermaier. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's pretty good. I feel like really the, uh, the most, uh, 60, you know, the, the most 60 potential is with the Rays in general. Cause there's a lot of fits there that, that makes sense with the, uh, the Mariners and Rays. Yeah. Nick um, Markavich
1: for Kevin Kiermaier.
0: Uh, huh. Eh. Tell me, Nick I don't, I don't. is in the
1: future, Ray, get out of here.
0: I mean, yeah, but would they want to add a forty-man guy for for it, who's also coming off of a significant injury for Kiermaier?
1: I think they care more about the fourteen million dollars that Kiermaier's costing them than anything else. I feel you. And I mean, like that's just based off of all the empirical evidence. <laughs> Uh, so yeah. Um, I know the tricky part is to get, to get the other person to give you a 60. Um, it has to be somewhat realistic and it has to appeal to them. So you, it'd be nice if you could put in one of their favorite trade targets. Um, so like Ty can think like, Oh, well I'll just trade like Juan Tane for Max Meyer. And that has to be a sixty. And It's like, well, I mean, obviously that would be amazing, but that's obviously never going to happen. So like,
0: yeah. Yeah. Um and I'm I'm still trying to think, honestly. Um Ooh, I got hard. I got I got one. Uh, I got one. Okay. All right. Ray Kerr and
1: Corey Rozier for Adam Frazier.
0: That's a ninety.
1: There you go. Did it. Boom. <laughs> we
0: the Mariners the should scale. do something like that. Sc- yeah. Yeah. If only the Mariners could trade Taylor Williams for Matt Brash.
1: Yeah wouldn't that be something what an idiot the energy be, must be. be there's no
0: way anybody thinks he's yeah, good at his one. job um man being on the spot for this is, is hard I, I i i'm having a hard time thinking of something i'm having a hard time thinking of something that we haven't heard in a fan fiction friday by the way because that's what sticks in my mind right now like it just it, I i don't want to take anyone's idea here uh yeah. I uh, I I don't know. I'm I'm gonna have to come back to this, I think. And maybe we'll do this on the ne- actually, you know, this is a good idea for, for Wednesday's show, Bo. I think maybe Wednesday's show we should dedicate a segment to creating our own fan fiction Friday trade for one another.
1: Kyle Lewis for Max Kepler.
0: No. All right, so uh next segment of the show our final segment of the show is basically the daisy and the dingo segment of the show daisy's got three questions that we're going to be answering in just a moment but real quick a reminder this episode of locked on mariners is brought to you by bet online football might be over this season but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops and from all the latest odds totals player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs bet online remains the best spot for all your sports scores podcasts and news this season and it's not just basketball BetOnline.net is your source for hockey boxing and ufc odds right to the olympic coverage and information head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action bet online where the game starts all right like i said we got three questions from daisy and the dingo so let's just get right into them the first one is could you see the mariners using matt brash in a razian type role except in higher leverage leverage situations for example he starts a few games throws some one plus inning relief in higher leverage spots closes a few games out and ultimately ends up with around 100 to 140 innings pitched i think at the end of the day just thinking of how this season will likely go and how the roster will ultimately be constructed hey Colby, if we're thinking about the geometry of the roster, right? Eh, eh. I think that it kind of makes sense to have Brash in that and something of a similar role to what you're describing. I don't think that he ends up being in a spot where he's closing out a few games or really any games because of just the depth that they have in the bullpen, particularly guys that project as high leverage relievers. So I'm not sure if he ends up doing any of that but i think yeah i think you'll see him kind of work out of the bullpen make some spot starts i think that that's a good role for him on this 2022 roster colby
1: yeah it's just kind of interesting to see what they want to do workload wise because with brash you know there's kind of this weird juxtaposition of you know we we want to maximize this asset for 2022 because He could help us, but at the same time, we don't want to sacrifice a ton in 2023 um, for this for this guy. And and there are some concerns still about uh, Brash's durability. Um, So, um, you know, this is a guy who because of his size, people are always going to assume he's got a limited number of bullets. So can we can he handle a role where he's kind of yo-yoing back and forth? Uh, between starting and going to the bullpen and high leverage and long relief. Like, can he handle that mentally? Can he handle that physically? Um, You know, like what, what's, what's the body like? Can he, can he pitch on back to back days? Um, You know, Mm -hmm. can he go three innings one day, rest two days and then go two and a third the next, or, or does he need that time off? Like we don't really know. Um, He's done a little bit of both, but I don't think he's done it like in the same season. You know what I mean? So, Um, you're you're kind of in a tough spot with Brash where it's how do we maximize him to help us in 2022, but we don't want to give up on his long-term future as a starter for 2023 and beyond. And we want to give him those opportunities to prove that he is a starter. And you do want to give him those opportunities because if you could have a, you know, a mid rotation starter um, on the league minimum for three years, you want that because then you don't have to go out and, you know, trade prospects and pay sonny gray 12 million dollars a year and that's a good deal so yeah you're kind of in this weird mm-hmm. position like what 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 role do we want and is it going to impact him in the long run if we if we put him in this role where he doesn't really have a role he's just kind of you know or, or do we do we want him to have a defined role is he only going to start for us is he just strictly mm-hmm. a reliever for us this year or is he both like it's it's kind of tough so um It'll be interesting to see I feel like he could be your right handed Brian Yarbrough. Yeah, but is that is that the but do you want to put him in that position to start with? Because Ryan Yarbrough is yeah. I mean, as much as I like him, he's a ticking time bomb. Like he is there's no real like upside to Ryan Yarbrough. Solid pitcher. Um you're not dreaming on Ryan Yarbrough being a, a top of the rotation arm. You can do that with Matt Brash. You could also dream on Matt Brash being like sure. an elite reliever. Yarbrough's not really that either. So I, do you want to aim higher with right. Brash, or are you okay with that being the, you know what I mean? So it's just it's just one of those things. How do they want to handle him You know, this year versus the long term? If he could do all that stuff this year, mm-hmm. great. Yeah, do it. That, that's a really good uh, yeah role for him. But can he do it? Mm-hmm. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the the Yarbrough comp is more in terms of, you know, production Roll. level, right? For 2022 Brash, you know, cuz like I think Brash uh, obviously has a has a higher trajectory. Like there's no question about that. Um but yeah, role productivity, et cetera. I think that that kind of makes sense for him because it's like it goes back to the conversation that we were just having about George Kirby's. It has to make sense with the circumstances of the roster and the rotation as a whole. And so right. and does we, it make sense to it, Cause like, you also don't want to just like, you don't want to just keep him in the minor leagues where he's overpowering competition, et cetera. Like if he's, if he's already like, it's very clear that he's surpassed that level and it, and it, it isn't just yet. Right. Like we haven't seen him perform at, at the major league level and we haven't seen him really perform at, at triple a either. So we don't know where he's exactly at, but I mean, you don't want to also just waste him down in the minors either. If he can help you. And so for me personally, just looking at again, how the whole roster is constructed, it feels like it would be best. And I get what you're saying that like, you don't want to mess with his role too much. You you don't want to overwhelm him essentially um, and overwhelm his body. Essentially. Um, Because there's, you know, obviously, you know, concerns with that, but it feels like at the end of the day, given how everything is put together right now and how we feel the rotation is going to be finalized with someone like Sonny Gray or Frankie Montes or Chris Bassett or whoever just doesn't feel like there's going to be a whole lot of opportunities there for guys like Brash and Kirby and Williamson to get a ton of starts. Obviously, injuries are going to happen. That's the nature of the game. And that's the nature of pretty much every rotation. But yeah, it's just like in terms of just general role, what you're heading into 2022 f- envisioning for Matt Brash, I feel like it's kind of like that. I feel like it's kind of the Ryan Yarbrough thing. It's like, hey, like you're going to start sometimes. Uh, but for the most part, we're going to be relying, you as, uh, relying on you as kind of um, uh, a, a multifaceted arm. Who could do a bunch of different things for us. Right.
1: I mean, it's it's worth noting that, obviously, last year, Brash set a new career high in innings pitched at 97. Uh, yeah, It's also the most games he appeared in in a single season with 20. Um, mm-hmm. So those are both career highs. How much further do you want to push that? Like, right. do you think he can go 160 innings this year? Probably not. Probably don't want to push I that. I feel like it's
0: probably 120. Yeah.
1: So... And you know that minor league innings count towards that too. So, is he yeah. going to start in a You know, if he uses up if he uses up thirty innings in the minors, that's thirty innings he's not going to use for you. But mm-hmm. you know, it also keeps him in the rotation and it keeps him fresh and it keeps his projection going as a starter instead of a reliever. Like, you know what I mean? So it's the plan that they have for Matt Brash is going to be one of the most interesting things to track for the rest of the year, um, mm-hmm. because again, it really is. It's all about how can he help us best this year but how can we maximize this asset mm-hmm. in the best way long term it's a, it's a short term versus long term mm-hmm. type of thing so we'll see what their plan is right it, it'll be interesting to, to track
0: yeah yeah he's uh he's one of the more interesting guys going into the season and i think eventually once we get some clarity on when the um season starts and, and we start getting into season previews and whatnot i think that's a that's probably one of the longer discussions we'll have is what do you do with Matt Brash? Because he's the he wild is card. So he's versatile, you know, um, uh, mm-hmm. there, there's so many things that you feel that you can, you can probably do with him and that he's going to be able to do well for you. Um, right. So he's, he's really useful. All right. So Daisy's last two questions kind of go hand in hand with one, with one another. So I'm going to ask both here. Um, knowing that, Conforto is a Scott Boris guy. Could you see DePoto slow playing his interest in Conforto and getting more involved later into the negotiations? He name-dropped Conforto as a control zone guy earlier in the offseason and expressed his desire for a left-handed power bat in the outfield. Also, do you think that DePoto tries to avoid Boris guys? There's currently nobody on the roster represented by him, and we've heard the Mariners tied to Story, who's with Excel and not much yet to Bryant or Conforto, who are with boris well look you say kikuchi and james Paxson were boris guys so i don't think that's an issue it seems like depoto depoto has spoken about boris i've heard him speak about boris before in the past that they seem to get along in, in negotiations is in terms of the conforto thing though just going back to that to, to answer your first question here i don't think there's really any time to to slow play where you know considering where we're heading it's going to be a lightning round of a free agency period whenever these negotiations end because spring training presumably is going to get underway a couple of days, honestly, after things get hammered out. If so do. guys are going to want to get in into the door with their new teams, with their, with their new respective teams. And they're probably going to take the, uh, whatever is the best offer offer on the table, you know, a day or two in so yeah i don't think you can really slow play it um i think a lot of teams already have the information that they need on a lot of guys and so if the mariners are interested in conforto they're going to have to get into his market pretty quick here and uh and figure it out because it's just there, there's only going to be so much time um so i don't think so on that and i don't and to answer the boris thing again i don't think there's um i i don't think there's anything to that because they they've had Kikuchi, they've had Paxton, it seems like DePoto's, you know, has a fine working relationship with Scott Boris.
1: By the way, they have been linked to Chris Bryant. That's, I I just, I don't agree with that assessment. And Michael Conforto, because he's not like a star player, you're going to hear less about his market naturally. And the Mariners, again, are very tight lipped. So, really, the only people who would leak that are Boris or DePoto. And it's, Almost never the Mariners who are doing the leaking. So if Boris just isn't leaking because maybe he thinks he's close, maybe he thinks he's got the best deal he can get. So just because we haven't heard them specifically attached to each other doesn't mean they're not. So I just I, I don't think the Boris thing is an issue at all. Um, and like Ty said, when, when this thing kicks back up, you're going to see a flurry of deals made because you have to. You have to get these guys in the camp ASAP. Um, you don't have time to kind of dance around. And honestly, if Boris feels like you know, holding out and maybe playing a little bit of chicken here, the Mariners should move on to somebody else. Like we we don't have time for this. This is the best offer we have. Do you want it or not? No. Well, you want to wait and see. Well, then we're going to move on because we have to. We can't wait for you and have the last chair in this you know game. On, it's of also a detriment to Conforto's talent.
0: Right. Yeah, it's also a detriment. Yeah, because like, who's trying he, to reestablish he, he, he himself to get and get ready. back on the market? And missing a yeah. chunk of spring training, and, cr- com- and he's also coming off of a down year for by his. That's parents. what I'm saying.
1: So missing a chunk you know, of spring so- training could knock him down for a month or two until he gets things figured out. And if he doesn't recover from that, then his market is going to crash again next year. So for a guy like Conforto, they don't have to wait. They don't have to slow play him because it's to Conforto's benefit to get into a camp as soon as possible. So if, if like I said, if, yeah. if Boris wants to try and play this game of musical chairs the mariners should just walk out of the circle. They don't have to they shouldn't wait for the chair to get pulled out from under them and be left with nothing. They got to move on. So um yeah, I, I don't think slow play is going to happen uh once the lockout is lifted for anybody.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for really any free agent for that matter. Yep. All right, so that's going to do it for our show and thank you so much for joining us here on Locked On Mariners for Colby Patnode. I'm Ty Dan Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. That's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z and Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do here every day now make your second listen of the day locked on bets your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs locked on bets hosted by your boy q with expert analysis and insight from lee sterling and just like us their show is free and available wherever you get your podcast so have yourself a beautiful baseball day and we will see you on wednesday and hopefully hey you know mlb and mlbpa are meeting right now as we're recording this show maybe uh maybe we have an agreement to talk about but probably we no. won't we'll see Let's just, uh, let's just hope for something positive to talk about on Wednesday. How about that? See you then.